Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, the APA team himself. That's Alex. How you doing? Hello, everybody. And to my left, G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics podcast. My name is Marvin. The podcast for April 1st, 2020. For one 2020 We're going to talk about some comic books coming out on that day. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. And uh, review some books that have came out last week. Uh, but also one that's been... Uh, it's been out for a little bit, but it is a bigger book. We, uh, at the time, uh, glossed over it, but now we're going to go back since uh, we are in a weird time for comic books. Now, let me just get into that real quick. So Diamond announced they're not going to be distributing comics anymore. <clears throat> a lot of the uh, publishers for the big two have stated that they're not going to publish comics anymore until they're back. Uh, DC just announced uh, right before this podcast that they will continue uh, through different distributors to send out physical and do digital books. So it looks like DC is still happening. And I believe, I couldn't find the article right now at the last second. So take this one with a grain of salt. But I believe Marvel's doing the same thing. Because I saw people mad at Marvel, but also people were saying, well, like the comic writers need a job too. They just can't be out of a job while they wait for this. So uh, there's two sides of it. But either way, we're here to talk about the comics that are coming out. I did find a list. Obviously, since Diamond's not distributing it, their website is not listing anything. Uh, and since DC and Marvel are the only two that decided to move forward, I have a DC Marvel list that was originally supposed to come out the first. And so uh, this list here, take it for what it is. It could be accurate. It could not be. But uh, this is what was supposed to come out this week for uh, Marvel and DC. So, um, And also this website that I am getting it from. Normally I do DC and then Marvel, but it just does it alphabetical order. So I'm going to switch in between them. So, uh, Ant-Man number four. Ant-Man number four. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up because I don't always read it. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh. I just realized that I don't have to do everyone. I just said the ones we read. Uh, this whole thing's throwing me off. Uh, you know, uh, we're getting used to it. Uh, here we go. Batman number 92. That's DC Comics. Uh, the James Tinney and the Fourth. Uh, not really a synopsis in these things, so we're just really going to have to go over. We're doing a heist, right? Uh, yeah-ish. So what do you think of the book, it's Alex? Not a, it, it's, it's fine. But honestly, Marvel probably made the right call by dropping it. Uh, I have not quite gone. I hate the book so far, but I haven't gotten to the point yet that I want to be done with it. So uh, we'll see. As of right now, it's bleh. I've read worse things and I've read better things. But nothing worse comes to mind, so I don't know <laughs> if that's true. <laughs> uh, actually, I found out here if I click on the uh, picture of the book, it pulls up synopsis. So here we go. Uh, Black Widow number one, that is uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, Kelly Thompson uh, and uh, Elena Casagrande, who I believe did some Catwoman that me and Alex have read, uh, have launched a brand new Black Widow series that changes everything. Natasha Romanoff has been a spy almost as long as she's been alive, uh, and she's never stopped running. Whether or not she's been working for the good guys or the bad, Natasha's world is about to be upended. Beyond San Francisco's Golden Gate lies a mystery that only a Marvel's greatest spy can solve. Don't miss the heartbreaking thrill ride of 2020. So this book was supposed to come out right now because that movie was coming out this week, right? Originally, 4-3? Uh, no, May 1st. Oh, that's right. Well, it was coming out soon. So they're going to put this issue out and get people... A little, that way the second issue would have came out right around that time. And uh, that movie got delayed. So uh, if you want to pick up some Black Widow in absence of that movie there you go black widow number one uh book that alex has recently caught up on daredevil number 20 infernal two of two what do you think here alex amazing uh i haven't read 19 yet and that's just because i i just got it a couple days ago uh daredevil is probably i'm, I'm gonna go out on them probably the strongest marvel book outside of x-men related books that Marvel's doing because it's it's never get, never gets brought into uh, events, which is my favorite thing. I just want a book to be a book, and this is amazing, top notch, one of the best. There you go, Daredevil. That is a cheap Sadarsky. Uh Lois Lane number ten. That's DC Comics. Uh, Greg Ruck and Mike Perkins. Uh, Garrett, we're towards the end of this thing. How's it going so far? It's really good. Um, you know, we're dealing with, uh, spoilers. Well, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but you're probably never going to read it. I don't know. Someone died recently, uh, in the Leviathan storyline and it's carrying over into this book. Uh, someone really close to Lois and she's trying to get over that. 
but also, again, like I said, this book should be called Lois Lane and the Question because uh, Renee Montoya is in every single issue and is basically like her partner. So it's really good. There we go. That is the uh, Lois Lane. Uh, Marauders number 10, that's Jerry Dugan. Uh, Alex, how's the Marauders going? Uh, you know what? I think Marauders is in the top three of the X-Men series that I'm reading. Uh, it's it's great. Honestly, uh, part of it is how much thought has gone into the X-Men world so far of uh, we've got black marketers, we've got... Like, oh, no offense, the Marauders kind of seem like the bad guys, and they're really not. They're just making sure that the drugs that the X-Men are making can be given out to the people that need it. And, of course, there's pirates everywhere, real, like literal pirates and just douchebag pirates. Uh, it's great. Uh, Marvin, are you still getting this one? Uh, I am. I'm a little behind there, Jerry Dugan. Uh, I don't know why I call you Jerry Dugan. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> With uh, Jerry Dugan's book. Uh, but, I, I mean... What I've read so far is enjoyable. It's one of those the X Men books. So you have like a. a I was just thinking about this because I saw. Um, we, we're going to talk about X Men later today. There's a spectrum of these books. It's, if you want, for anybody, right? We got X Force that's like mostly action. We got this book which is night like an adventure. Uh, we have X Men which is like a sci fi kind of heavy, more heavy book. Um, and then you have stuff like Excalibur. And so I was just thinking, I was like, this is a nice book. If you just want a book, I mean, it's not super light and like fun. I mean, there is some serious stuff going on, but in terms of being different, I think it's really different than the X Men books. So I think if uh, you're looking to get in to the X Men books, this might be a good uh, entry for those people who do not know anything about the X Men. Uh, Taskmaster number one, once again. I think this was coming out because that movie is coming out, but uh, I guess not. Um, Jed Marquet, Marquet, Marjay, and on. Uh, Alessandro Viti. Uh, oh, yeah, he did Secret Warriors. Um, there you go. Taskmaster number one, if you want to get that book. Uh, or not. Who knows? Uh, Strange Academy number two. Allison, did you get this book? I did. And how did uh, Scotty Young it. do with the first issue there? I made it about halfway through the first issue. My daughter's taking a nap, and then she woke up halfway through it. So I haven't finished it. It's good. Uh, it reminds me of like a mix between X-Men and Harry Potter, but it's actually really wordy. This first issue, I'm surprised how how many word bubbles there really is, because usually this guy is kind of a let the art tell the tale, and it's by Ramos Art. I mean, it looks beautiful. The colors are great. Um, I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. Yeah. And I got these just hard feeling of Harry Potter and X-Men together. We got the um, people coming to like, magic powers and they don't know how to use them. Yeah, I, I read the whole thing. I actually read it, I think, yesterday, and uh, it's it's it gets awesome by the second half of the book. So it's it's pretty great. Definitely looking forward to the rest of the series. There we go. There we go. Those are the books going on this week. That's I mean, that's what you got. DC wow. Marvel. Uh, I didn't see anything else on the list, so uh, not what, much to choose from. Two DC and the rest of Marvel. Uh, yeah, not much. Did you guys say, I missed it, did you guys say Batman was coming out from DC this week? Yep, 92. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's the debut of Punchline, Joker's Lady. Oh. Alex, with this short list, what do you think is going to be your pick? I'm going to go Black Widow number one. Uh, it's been a long time since I've read a good Black Widow, actually not a long time. Uh, that Black Widow, what was it called, Garrett, that five-issue run? Web of Black uh, Widow? Yeah, Web of Black Widow. That was actually really good. Uh, otherwise, the last really good one I read was Mark Wade's Chris Samney's run, and that was excellent. Who did the uh, Who did the web? With. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg and somebody else. Okay, yeah. I think. I think it was. Rosenberg. I don't remember. Um, but I thought this Black Widow was a limited. No, I thought this was the new ongoing. I thought I saw it was a five issue. No. I don't know. I don't know. It's the same this website, so I don't know. Guys, I didn't miss one. Uh, Strange Avengers number two, Tom King, Mitch Garads, and uh, Doc Shatner. Uh, that'll be out this week also. So there you go. And actually, that's going to be my pick this week. Uh, we'll talk about that book later this uh, episode, the first issue. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? What's going to be your pick? Oh, out of that huge selection, I'll go Lois Lane number 10. I'm, I think Lois Lane's been strong, and again, it's got a very... Uh, 
there's a lot of mysteries going on with question involved, so it's it's fun. There you go. Lois Lane number ten, Greg Rucka. Alex says Black Widow number one uh, by Kelly Thompson. And uh, we'll go Strange Adventures by Tom King. Uh, Alex, what's the weather look like this week, though? You know what? The first three days are going to be pretty nice. Like, like higher 40s, almost 50s. Then the rest of the week might be a little cooler. But guess what? Uh, it's sweatshirt weather. I mean, you're not going to be out seeing anybody. you got social distancing at least by 10 feet now, I think it is. Uh, be safe out there. Go for a good run. Take your dog for a walk. Enjoy this weather while we have it. Uh, it's going to be great. Taking your dog for a walk. I saw Alex taking a walk the other day. I saw uh, that. that was like, and I waved at you. I was like, hey, my friend. And then he drove away. I did. I gave you the peace <laughs> sign. Did you not see That's my peace sign? That's not what I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of uh, bundling up and taking your dog out, you were pretty bundled up. It took me a second to realize. I recognized your dog before I recognized you. And uh, so you had a peace sign. And so when you go out there next to walk your dog, you won't have to dress up so uh so warmly, it's been cold the uh, last couple of weeks. Today was a nice day, but yesterday was uh, snow outside. I, I mean, it's crazy. Um, the good thing is, at least for right now, for uh, a lot of the population, not a good thing, but uh, we're inside, so nice. And what do you keep that temperature at there, Garrett, at your house? Uh, 69, Up 70. Top. 70? Mm-hmm. I go, uh, depends. Yeah, 70 is good. Uh, if it gets a little too chilly, 72. Uh, we're 69, 70. I'm there, too. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I think at most we do 72, 73, and then most of the time it's like 67. Hmm. I know some people that dip it down and keep it like at 50-something and just like wear like sweaters and stuff. And I'd be like, I didn't, we didn't go through all this evolution and all this advancement for me to be cold inside. I can put up that heat. I really just got to save money, but also convenience. Uh, this comic's coming out this week. RainbowComicsAndCards.com brought to you by. Uh, you can get your comic books online, and they will ship them out to you. Uh, they are still offering the uh, curbside and delivery offers. Uh, if you live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, make sure to, uh, when you're hearing this, to check what your local, uh, what is it, ordinances, whether or not you can go out or not. Uh, keep to those. Keep safe out there. But anytime, RealComicsAndCards.com. There you go. Uh, they'll ship you. You know what? And also during these times. And we were talking about this when they first announced the news. It's a good time to catch up. You got stuff you got to catch up on. Alex, I know, has got like 50 comics that he keeps buying my mind, and now it's time for him to catch up. Garrett, I know, has a stack as high as uh, uh, K2 over there. And, uh, <laughs> and he said he's going to catch up on those. Mm-hmm. Me, I know I got to catch up on stuff, but I'm so unorganized, I don't even know where it is. So, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, but I have actually uh, been catching up with uh, some books via other means like Comixology Unlimited and, and Hoopla. Uh, it's a nice time to catch up with stuff, you know? Oh, you know what I can catch up with? Garrett, what am I going to catch up with? Uh, Descender. Oh, no. Uh I reread all that. Alex, oh, why the last man? Why the last man? I mean, perfect time. Fucking time. What better time? Right. <laughs> read about the, the end of the world. <laughs> uh, you know what? For you guys, I'm going to read it during this time. We have at all least right. a minimum of 30 more days of this. Uh, probably more, but we're going to say minimum 30. Uh, I can read, how many books is it? Five of those big ones you got me? Yeah, five big ones. 50 issues? <clears throat> 60, I thought. 60. Oh, yeah, you're right. I remember. Dude, that's that's easy work. 12 issues per book? Okay, done by next week. No, I won't. Um, there you go. Comics coming out this week. Uh, Raven Comics and Cards. Dot com. There you go. Um, you know, the thing, though, Marvin, right, is actually, right. I, can, I know you can read a shitload of books in one sitting. I know that you binge read all of Ultimate Spider-Man, so I know I know you can do it. I know. I read like 100-some issues like in a week. Dude, Ultimate Spider-Man is a quick read, though. Yeah, it is. Well, but being this is a series that Marvin got me excited to read, and he only read the first book. Uh, Garrett actually got the ten, what, little, the volumes of it, and he binge read it and all got it finished. I took, like, two weeks off, and I binge read it all, and was like, holy shit, this is fantastic. I know Marvin can do it, everybody. Uh, Make sure you go to Twitter and tell Marvin, hey, why the (laughs) last But 60 days, so I need to release two issues a day to be done with it before the quarantine's up. There you go. All right. 
you know Touche isn't bad. It's 20 minutes. Not bad, yeah. Not bad. We'll see. I'll update you on the status on this podcast. And you can, like Alex said, there's my Marvin underscore Salkoro. You can keep me honest on there um, until uh, I get it read. Uh, before we get into our comic reviews, um, I have a segment at the end of the show that's going to be a game, a little fun in these times. But uh, uh, the Sarge, Sarge America, did uh, send us a, a Twitter DM, and that is at Wednesday Comics on Twitter. He has a question for us. He says, if you were to write a comic, what character and who would you want to do the art? So, uh, Alex, if you're going to write a comic book character, what character would it be and who do you want as your artist? Uh, I'm going to go with Craver the Hunter. That would be my character of choice. And my artist oof, would be, oh shit, what is his name? Um... Oh God! Why can't it? Uh, he Aha, David Aha. That's who I choose. There you go, Craven the Hunter and David Aha. What do we go for, uh, Garrett? What do we think? Uh, Superman Oz, and I would do Otto Schmidt. Uh, Otto Schmidt on the Superman. That's a nice creative choice. I thought you were going to go with the obviously uh, obvious uh, Gary Frank, but you went and took a left turn there. I like that turn though. Well, Gary Frank, uh, he's already been doing some Superman. I know that's what I said. I like I can't that turn. Him away from Jeff Johns. That's what I'm saying. That's the that's the obvious. Obviously, you want that guy working on it, but I like the way I swerve. So there you go. <laughs> I am going to go with uh, um, Thor and with uh, Mitch Garretts. I don't think Mitch usually does more realistic things, and so I want to see him uh, stretch his legs a little bit and do like a realistic Thor, but also taking some time and doing some mystical things with it. So, there we go. Thor and Mitch Garads. I think after seeing Mitch Garads do uh, Mr. Miracle, I could see that being a really good turnout. Speaking of which, there we go, Alex. Uh, first book up, Strange Adventures number one, Tom King, Mitch Garads, and Doc Shanner. Uh, the uh, Adam Strange Returns in a 12-issue mini by Tom King. Uh Tom King does a lot of 12 issue uh, maxi series, I guess you would call them. Uh, the Vision, uh, before that, I mean, after that, he did Mr. Miracle, uh, Omega Men, he did, and uh, his two, uh, excuse me, uh, Sheriff of Babylon, uh, his uh, creator own one was also about 12 issues, right, Garrett, Alex? Yes. And uh, it seems to be, besides his Batman run, kind of where he lives in the 12 issues. And so here we start a new maxi series about Adam Strange. And I just want to ask, um, We'll start with Garrett here first. Garrett, what do you think about this book? Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, I've read some Adam Strange in the past, um, and I like that, you know, different from, like, Vision and Mr. Miracle, that, you know, they're doing, like, a duality of storytelling with having, like, Mitch Garads doing some of the art and Doc Shanner doing some of the art. I, I really like that uh, comparison between the two throughout the issue. Um yeah, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it, honestly, it's probably one of the more simpler first issues uh, that I've read in a long time. Surprisingly, by Tom King, I thought it would have been a little more complicated at first, but it was actually pretty simple and sweet. Alex, what do you think here? Uh, Strange Adventures number one, uh, you just read it recently. What do you think about that book? So I, have only, I think I've only seen uh, Strange in one other book, and that was the uh, Green Lantern by Grant Morrison just like six months ago. And so I don't have a whole lot of anything. No, I, Much like most of the characters that Tom King writes about other than Batman, I know nothing about or I don't care about them until I read a book that Tom has put together. And for all the shit that I've said about Tom King's Batman, uh, I would have to take it away for this book. I actually I enjoy these books where he writes about characters that are lesser known or the mythos isn't as exciting because they don't do as much in the big the big scheme of things. Uh, I really did enjoy it. The art was phenomenal. And I agree with you. Know, I like the duality of telling two different stories or two connecting stories that are years apart from each other. I only had one gripe with this book. What's that? For being Black Label, instead of bleeping out the swear word, put the damn word in. Oh, it was Black Wait, Label? Uh, I didn't see it was Black Label. Are you sure it's Black yeah. Label? Yeah, it's top right corner. Let me look at this bad boy. Well, I mean, there was a sex scene. 
Yeah, but you don't see anything. You see some. You see some curvature. <laughs> yeah. That battle way. Don't forget what I said in the show one time. Them lines. Yep. Yep. Bottom left corner. Or top left corner. That's sweet. Oh, you have your book right there. Weird. Yeah. I didn't. Oh, it does say black label. Crazy. Hmm. Um, so that was my only gripe. If you're going to put Black Label and I realize we're not going to show sex scenes, I don't have a problem with that. But you at least could put the F-bomb or your shit in there. I say it on the show. We don't bleep it out. And that is weird. That is a weird choice to have like an adult content book, Ben. And- Garrett, do you know um, uh, the comic that shares the name of our podcast, Wednesday Comics, was there an Adam Strange story in there? Yep. Okay. Yep, absolutely. That's probably one of the biggest exposures I've had to Adam Strange. So that I've read before. Um, uh, but as a <clears throat> general, just like Alex, uh, Adam Strange has always been like a, a character when they do big group things, he's there, but not really ever. I haven't read anything solo by him besides the Wednesday comics thing. Um, I read the Find It Interesting, both that, which both have said before, uh, before me. I do agree with the duality of the stories. I like the way also it's set up. There's some things that they mention in the present day time, and then they cut to uh, it in the past, and they always like they stop right before you're gonna get an answer. And so you're kind of it's kind of more set up like a mystery, which I uh, do enjoy. And actually, the overall plot uh, is a mystery, which uh, I find uh, very fascinating that it took that turn. I didn't expect it. Um, there was a character who showed up, and uh, I'll just tell you. Uh, Batman shows up. I wasn't really uh, expecting to see Batman in this book. Um, I did enjoy that Batman was like, hey, you're my friend. I'm not going to investigate you. I don't think it'd be fair. Uh, I thought that was really uh, logical, Batman. Um, And the one time where you don't have, like, the asshole Batman, he's always written to be the asshole. Like, I don't have friends, and, like, he would investigate him anyways. But I thought it was nice for him to be like, no, you're my friend. Like, I wouldn't feel like it would be... uh, Nobody would believe us. And plus, like, I I don't know... Like, if I want to do this. And I was like, okay. So at the end, he calls in Mr. Terrific uh, to investigate him instead. And actually, I thought that was a fantastic choice. And I really am interested to see where this story goes with Adam going to be like, hey, investigate me. I didn't do anything. I need you to clear my name. And I think that's a really interesting idea for a story. And then plus, we get the uh, history stuff to see why that guy said that uh, he's lying. And there's all these crimes uh, that he's being accused of. And he won't really say what they are. But we'll see it and make ourselves the judge whether or not they're crimes or if he's innocent of that, at least. So um, I really like that. So he's accused of something now, which all the evidence points to him. And he's accused of something in the past, but nobody really knows the truth because uh, nobody was there. And I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, Yeah, pretty fun start. I really did like the uh, doc art. Um, I thought it was a nice classic uh clean style and then the Mitch Gerads is a nice contrast to that in the present day um, to show like how it is on earth now and where he is at this certain point and uh, they mentioned something about his daughter not being around you haven't seen her yet in the present day so I'm assuming something happens to her in the past and so there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in this story to see how it plays out but just from the one issue alone I think it does what it's supposed to do and it uh, sold me on this book and it made me excited to see what goes on in the future. And I guess we'll get the second issue this week. So it was nice that we read it this week and talked about it. So we'll get the second issue to see what's going on with Adam and uh, the rest of the uh, family this week. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Strong nine. Yeah, I'd set it at a nine. I enjoyed it. I like nine. Well, no, I'm going to give it an eight. I, I'm really rubbed wrong about the bleeped out words. I didn't even know it's a black label. On my digital, I guess I didn't notice that. Actually, let me check. What if they updated it? Because I did get an update for Strange Adventures. It said, hey, there's an update available. And I said, okay, well, let me read it. Let's see here. Nope, I think it's, the pr- it's right on there. I think the print cover versus the digital cover is different. Because like, the print cover has like the book cover. Doesn't it, Al? No, or is it a red no. cover with all the write-over? Mine, mine's, yeah, mine's the red cover. Then there's the oh, second okay. cover that was the Doc Shanner option. Oh, okay. And I know there's the book cover that's both of them. Hmm. All right, there you go. Black Label, Alex, saying, uh, why don't you go strong on that? Show us some strange uh, schlong. Um, but <laughs> nope, can't do it. <laughs> uh, Lazarus Risen, uh, number uh, four. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yes. 
That is Greg Rucka, Michael Lark. Uh, a series that doesn't come out too often. Every three months, it's supposed to come out. When did the last one come out, Alex? Uh, what, January? No. December, December? I think. Yeah, so it, it is on time then. Every three months. Um, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Uh, <laughs> it is on time. Uh, Lazarus number four. Um, what do you guys think overall about this issue? You know, he, Greg Rucker has a has a a hard mountain to climb every time we read these books for two reasons: one, for me to remember what the fuck's going on, and then two, for me to enjoy it enough to be like that was worth the wait. And I just want to ask you guys: Do you think that it does that in this issue? Yeah, absolutely. I think part is that this. So I remember what happened in issue three. One, I just got mine recently, like maybe a month ago, so it's still relatively fresh. But the nice thing about these these issues being extendedly long is that he gets to tell almost a whole story before the next issue. So I don't really have to remember too much of what had gone on. It's not a continuation. It's just adding on to something that's already been established. Uh, uh-huh. And I think every issue that Greg puts it out, he just he just ups the bar even more for himself. And that's the only problem I could see is that eventually he's got to reach an end. He's eventually got to get to a cliff and fall off. Because yeah. there's no way that he can continue to write a book as flawlessly as he does and giving Michael Lark that year off to compose himself and be ready to come back at heart, uh, he's done it every time as well. Yeah, I thought it was cool that, like, obviously, uh, after the ending of issue three, that this is kind of a prequel, per se, um, takes place before this series, even start, the Lazarus Risen series, anyways. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see a lot of characters, like, develop their relationships, and it's kind of kind of like uh, strange adventures it's cool to see that duality of where they are now versus where they used to be uh they even talk about it in the uh, letter pages he talks about playing with that time he said the next issue he's gonna play with time also we're gonna take a jump um so yeah actually i enjoyed it too i think alex is 100 percent on the on the nose there uh right on the jackpot right not jackpot what do you call those what are you calling darts bullseye um (laughs) uh he has enough pages to tell full stories and so it does take me a second i do appreciate the summary pages because that brought me up to speed where we were and then uh obviously it's referencing stuff that happened a long long time ago and you really don't need to know but there's enough to tell you what's going on but the stories that are the plot lines that are in this issue do become resolved within the issue and then it does leave you with enough to be like okay i want to read the next one uh michael lark fantastic as always oh yeah once again though i have to laugh because there's not a michael lark book without snow it's always got a snow so uh, (laughs) it's it's sort of snowing um the one gripe i'll have about michael lark and actually is called out on the letter pages which i was surprised because this issue for me uh did it a lot and i was like man this bugs me and at the end in that letter pages somebody called out and they both admitted or Greg at least I'm into being like, yeah, it's an issue. I, we know about it. We're going to do something to fix it. That uh, <laughs> most of the ladies look the same. And uh, I get confused all the time. Be like, is, who's this? Um, Michael's lab partner for like, I had to go back and be like, okay, she has a backpack. Okay. So that's his lab partner. And not, right, I, know. Not, I, did, I did a double take a couple times too. I'm like, geez, what is forever doing in the laboratory? <laughs> that's what I said too. I go, what's she doing there? And I go, is that forever? And I'm like, oh, that's not her. And so, um, yeah, so Greg talks about it on the pages that when Forever shaved her head, and then she looked exactly like another character, I forget who it was. And so... Uh, <clears throat> Marisol. Yeah, that's right. Right, and Greg, Greg even says that Michael was like, hey, don't shave her head. And he's like, no, I think it's worth it for the story. And then he did, and he was like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> now you can tell the difference. <laughs> um, but hopefully they address that. I mean, it's not super hard. There are context clues to just have to pay attention more. I feel like the men, I know who all the men are. Like, I feel like they're different enough that I never get them confused, and the women I get confused all the time. And so if I had to do anything for the art, that's the only thing I'm like, it's got to be something a little different well, you could do well, there, Michael. I just think more women could be blonde or redheads, could have ponytails. I mean, well, also, or you got to put forever in a sports cross, you can see that, like, eight-pack she has. <laughs> eight-pack? That woman's sporting a 12-pack. Yeah, yeah, they all have dark I mean, hair and have, like, a ponytail, or they have it shaped. So it's like, okay, which one of the shaved... Headley is this, and which one of the ponytail ones is this? You know, I did think it was interesting, this issue, though, how, like, Forever's treated as, like, a god, basically, yeah. and that she gets to have, like, uh, what were they calling Daggers. them? Daggers. Boons. Boons. Or whatever. Well, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dagger group. Were, were 
given booze. They were given, yeah, a favor. Like Lord Lazarus uh, forever gives them a favor uh, to show like how uh, nice, not nice, grateful she is for them, and she'll fulfill any favor. Uh, one guy won a drinking contest with her. Can't can't catch her. He throws up all over the place. One person wanted to practice uh, sword fighting. One person wanted to. What was the other person that they wanted to? Oh, piece of her hair. Somebody wanted, yeah, lock of her hair. And then Casey wanted to go after the people that let her sister get murdered. Yeah, that killed her sister. And we get that story. Like Alex said, like that happens. It's set up in this issue. And we get the through of that. We see her in forever go and do that. And I think that's the nice thing of it being this long is that we can see that end. I wish you guys could have been here when I read her favor when she asked <laughs> yeah. for it. And I was so freaking excited. Like that's when I when I watch a movie and I punch the air. I was so amped for that for that request. And thinking that Forever might have gone, Yeah, if we get time. No, Forever tells you, Oh, there'll be time. Yeah, he she was like I was I was so excited, going, Oh my god, we're gonna go kill some monsters. We saw that in in the actual issues, right? Her sister being killed? Yes. Yep. Okay. That was, that was the the lift, I think. Yes. Yeah. Right okay. before they got lifted. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I've seen this. I was like, I was trying to remember. Obviously, my memory's not the best. Uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know that. But that was something I did remember. Be like, oh yeah, I remember that. Um, and she blames herself because her and Michael were hooking up at that point, and they were younger. And she was like, it's my fault. Like we left her alone, and this is what happened to her. And forever doesn't judge. She goes, okay, we'll find time. And that scene uh, was fantastic. Art-wise, everything. Um, Forever kills everybody except the two people that she wanted to kill. And Forever lets her kill them. And I just was like... It was awesome. <laughs> it was a great scene. You know, that's... Forever slices and dices everybody. Tells the two people that Casey recognized and tells them, tells them to run. They run away. I don't even know how far they would have even gotten. And Casey snipes them in the back of the head. And again, I was clapping. I was like, hell yeah, this is like so like gritty, but it was so good. And like redemption and Red Dead Revenge right there. I was so excited for it. You know what actually I love about Lazarus in general is that you can have cool action like that. And then you have stuff like political stuff with what's happening with Michael and his lab assistant and like philosophical kind of questions. Like this book really does have everything if you want action, it has action. You have to wait for it sometimes, but the buildup really does add to that action. And then you have questions about, you know, society, uh, the medical field. Like, is this something that is ethically good to do? Uh, Military-wise, does it make sense? Like, should we be doing this? Should these soldiers be seen forever as a god? Like, is that really healthy for a military group like that? Like, there's a lot of questions here. And believe me, Rucka is putting those questions to you to understand if you read anything in the in the back pages, especially when he does his research, like he's asking those questions too. So it's not a matter of, you know, there are things that we're reading into. It's in there. It's baked in there for you to be like, okay, like let me think about this in the real world sense. Were you going to say something, Garrett? What? Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Well, yeah, I was going to say, did you guys also read the short story? No. What? Why don't you read those? You know what, actually? Was about, uh, it was about uh, Jonah Carlisle. Tonight I didn't have time to actually read anything. I didn't start till like seven o'clock, uh, and so I was just trying to get through. What I had to get through that one. You guys got to go back and read. Is that the beginning of one? Is it the one? Because it wasn't the. Uh, are they always self-contained? Those stories. Uh, yep. Oh, so okay. in this case, though, this is a sequel to the last two issues of the Lazarus Monthly. So with uh, Jonah when he's in Poland or wherever. Yep, and so this continues on from there. So definitely need to read that. Okay, I'll read it. I just didn't, I didn't remember if you said it was like part of a story and that each issue was like part two, three, four. And so when I got to there, I was like, I got to catch up on those. So that's why I didn't read it. But also the other ones from Lazarus version one through three are also excellent. So the short stories are incredible. All right, there we go. Some more stuff to read. You see, you're always finding stuff for me uh, that I passed through. So got to catch up on that. This uh, book is going to be a 10 for me. Pick yeah. of the week. Hard to. Yes. Definitely a 10. Fantastic. Um, Batman Curse of the White Knight, number eight. Eight? Uh, yep, yes. Sean Murphy and Sean Gordon Murphy, the brothers. Um, 
here they are. Uh, the final issue in the Curse of the White Knight series, the sequel series to Batman White Knight. And in the end, question mark, we'll see. Uh, this issue, let me just say this. All three of us have loved this. Issue one. You know what? Even the first series. Everything about it. I don't think there's been a been a moment where we're like, hey, this doesn't work. Uh, this final issue. Let me ask you guys a question. Does it keep up that streak? And B, uh, if it does, are you looking forward to a possible third one? Uh, yes and yes for me. Um, I think it... I think it was a satisfying conclusion to this story and definitely wanted me to want more by the end of it. Alex? I, I'm excited for the possibility of a third. Um, did I think this ended as well as it really could have? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it held its own. It, I don't know. There's something about the end that I'm not sure about if I'm as pleased as I expected it to be. Um, I don't know if it was just my personally expecting more of a ruthless, ruthless fist fight between the two of them, or what? I don't, I don't know. There, it was good. I really did enjoy it, but I think the fact that I know that there is the potential for a third doesn't make this fight a final fight for me. It just was like, okay, now we're moved. We're getting ready for the next story to come. I see what you mean. Um. <clears throat> Art wise, I thought it was fantastic. As always, Sean Murphy always does a fantastic job. Um, the way that he treats his Batmobile in this issue, I thought that's fantastic. It is his favorite Batmobile, so I think he does show it off um, more. Yeah, go ahead. Like speaking of that, like turning the Tim Burton Batmobile into like the the boat, like a, a boat. Oh God, so cool. That's what I'm saying. Is like. He said it, and Batman says, oh, it's always been my favorite. So, you know, like, it's Murphy's favorite, too. And I like the way that he handles it. He makes it seem cool. I think it's the first time for me. I mean, not that I hate the Burton, uh, the, uh, Burton one. Uh, I, I like it. I think it looks cool, but also it seems impractical. And I think uh, Murphy makes it practical in this uh, issue. And so, uh, for that reason, uh, I think the uh, art does a good job of setting the pace for this action uh, in this issue. Um well, they did it just like Batman Returns, too, where he's just like, all he says is armor. And then, like, he puts Azrael's head in uh, the spokes of the armor coming together. Ah, oh, that was sweet. So you have Batman. I, Go ahead. I have expected Bruce to do a callback to uh, Batman vs. Superman, where he rams uh, Valley into the plane, or before even then. I just expect him to go to him and go, hey, uh, do you bleed? By the time they get done with the fist fight, that's almost what it should have been. Well, I mean, he, he does bleed eventually when you slice your throat, uh, slice his throat. Um, I like the way that, that they set up with Bruce being ruthless, wanting to kill him, and throughout the whole thing, seeing um, he has flashbacks to like Alfred and stuff like that, that he realizes being like, no, I'm not going to kill him. Um, he goes back and gets the uh, rapiers and goes and is going to have a fight with him instead. And starts disarming him instead of kill, trying to kill him. And Azrael does see that and be like, nah, like you should have, oh, you're trying to uh, not kill me now. Like you should have just tried to kill me. And he does slice his throat, but then he saves him. Um, so I thought it was actually, you see the, you see the uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, uh, he thinks this is his last hurrah. So he is going to go over the edge and kill him for what he's done. Uh, he killed Commissioner Gordon. He paralyzed uh, Barbara. And so he's going to he's going to kill him for this. And he realizes that by doing that, he is no longer Batman. So it doesn't matter if he's a Wayne or not, but he is Batman. And by doing this, he sacrifices another namesake. He sacrifices another history that he has. And so he decides not to do that. Um, um, I thought that scene was beautiful, though. And Dick Grayson, like he's using the machine gun. And he's the one that kind of like points it out to Bruce, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like that Batman would never do this. Like, if you're going to end this, you have to end it like Batman would. Yeah. He's and, basically oh, saying like, dude. Azrael ruined like the Wayne name for you. You thought you were a Wayne and now you realize you're not. Don't let him ruin this for you, too. Like, don't let him destroy this for you, too. And so. Well, I like, when I like he called him Dick, his dad. Yeah. Like, I like oh. when Dick called him his father. Heartbreaking. <laughs> We were crying in the house. I mean, say you need a good cry. Here you go. Uh, then Bruce, you know, says, okay, I'm done. I told you I was going to be done. 
Um, and so I like that conversation he has with, with Commissioner Gordon, where he's like, he trusts them right away, and he goes, you don't even know who I am. And he goes, that's all right. You'll let me know in time. And the hope was that eventually, you know, he could unmask and they could work together and know each other. And, I mean, they did. And so I thought that was a really nice scene. It really does kind of uh, close the loop on that loss of Commissioner Gordon. And so, like, that's the thing. This series has great action, has great art. But the character work that Murphy is doing for every single character is so spot on and so fantastic that for me, that's worth getting these books for. Even though the art's fantastic, that's the cherry on top, baby. But like Bruce and, and Dick and uh, Commissioner Gordon, everybody uh, is so really who they are, but also more that I enjoy reading the book just for that. And so when I think about going forward at the end here, so Bruce turns himself in, he goes to jail, and they call one guy, he'd be like, I call one person that could uh, keep me in here and make me stay in here. And you see the name tag and it says Todd. Um, normally, for me, I'm out of that point. I'd be like, ah, I don't want to see that. But for me, I'm like, okay, how's this going to be? And I'm in for the third one, where if whatever it comes out. But <clears throat> uh, I mean, I think it is. I think Sean Murphy said he's, he's in all the way until we decide we're sick of it. But uh, that actually, you know, no, like I said, normally wouldn't get me excited. But it, for this kind of book, it does. Yeah, it's enough of a poll for me, too. Um, you know, I think that each universe's Jason Todd is a little different, and it affects Batman in such a huge way that I'm glad that this way around, you know, it's clear that uh, Jason Todd is the, a better version of himself, and he can bring that out in Batman, hopefully. So I'm excited for that take. Yeah, I'm just curious on how that's going to go. That's what I mean, you said it perfectly. Every Jason Todd's different. And so I want to see the White Knight universe's Jason Todd. And I think they've handled every character fantastic. Even Asriel, somebody who I'm always like, God, Asriel, he's going to be talking to himself and, and talking to God, all this stuff like that. And the way he talks annoys me. Uh, but in this whole thing, he's been fantastic. I thought all of them. So I'm excited to see what they do with Jason Todd. What are you saying, Alex? We haven't seen Tim Drake yet, have we? I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. No. Okay. Just uh, that's, what, that's what I'm excited for is that they haven't used... I mean, they've used a good chunk of the Bat family, uh, but they still have the other other kids to bring in. They have other uh, Catwoman, other characters to enlighten and inspire and to build up, which makes me really excited for Volume 3. I know. That's what I love about it is that he has enough... The characters that he uses, he's using them rich enough that they don't need to bring in everybody. They use them to a point where you're like, these are full-fledged characters, and they're enough to keep the story going. I don't need to bring in 50 people to make it so that, oh, it looks like it's a big event because I have all these people. No, it, what he has is rich enough that it keeps going on. Like, even Harley as, as somebody who, uh, in the first series, we had two Harleys and we had a fake one and a real one. The real one has stuck around, and, like, her, her relationship with Bruce throughout this series has evolved, and uh, even that's interesting to me. So I'm excited to see where Murphy does, what Murphy does with the uh, with another third series. And like Alex said, we got so many characters to, to explore here. The ones we have already are so rich. Sean is so good about being patient and being like, let me build on this character. I'm just gonna br- not just going to bring him in for shock value and be like, oh, it's you know Catwoman, she's here, and then you're just going to forget about her. If I bring her in, it's necessary. And if she's here, I'm going to show you uh, all aspects so they're a 3D character and be like, this is a full-fledged character. It's not just somebody who I brought in to have the name on the book. So. Uh, well, and, and the nice thing is that the other bag, the, whoever the next bad guy is going to be, um, we already saw that evil Batman, John pa- John Paul Bally, already killed, what, 18 bad guys? He already killed villains. There's going to be other villains that Bruce has, and it may not even have to be Batman villains. The whole DC Universe hates Batman if you're a bad guy, so you're being in uh, Lex Luthor, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what this series You know what? At the end, I thought that was Lex Luthor before the show Todd. He was like, why, do, why would you bring me here? And I was like, you think it's going to be Lex Luthor? Like, who would be able to <laughs> be as smart as Batman to keep him in there? Um, but then it was Jason Todd, and that was like a nice turn for me to be like, oh, okay, let's see how this goes. Uh, for me, this also was a 10. Not as strong as the last is risen, but good enough where I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. I think I'm going to give it a 9. Like, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a great conclusion, but it didn't leave me going like, holy shit, that was amazing. So it was, it was good, Doug. 
it left me wanting more. As a series of Volume 2, a 10. As a specific issue, I'm going to give it a 9. There are much stronger issues in this run uh, that I don't want to sully the 10 by giving it to this one. I did enjoy it. The art was fantastic. But I know there's more to come, and that's what I'm excited for. There we go. Uh, Sean Murphy's Curse of the White Knight. Uh, Jonathan Hickman and Lorel Francis Yu brings us X-Men number 9. Uh, the ninth issue in the new X-Men run that they're writing, uh, <clears throat> along with uh, other books in the uh, Dawn of X-Men. Uh, is it Dawn of X-Men? Whatever Dawn of X. Dawn of X. Uh, new uh, status quo in the Marvel Universe. So here we go with the X-Men number nine, which actually is part two of a story that happened and started in issue number eight. Uh, the Brood is coming for the King's Egg and uh, Cyclops and a few others take it off world so that they stop attacking the earth and they're going to bring it to the Shi'ar empire to see what they want to do with it. Uh, so in this issue, we start with, uh, them heading there and we cut to, uh, <clears throat> Ronan, the accuser or one accuser, uh, Kree accuser, uh, holding, uh, Scott's, uh, Cyclops' dad and a bunch of, uh, the other, uh, his other gang, uh, hostage cause they were supposed to give him the King's egg. And uh, the Kree Empire uh, saw that they were there from a little, uh, a little, uh, not a hint, what do you call it, tip from uh, Sunspot. And so they uh, head there and where we start, where they all meet and they all clash. And uh, what do you guys think of this issue? It is a second part. It is something that is coming off of uh, New Mutants, obviously, uh, Starbringer, all these people, like that was part of that story. And so here we are with like kind of uh, an epilogue to that story, but also its own thing. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, not my favorite uh, two issue arc. I got to say, um, I think the art's fantastic. Um, you know, especially in this one with uh, Lennel Francis Yu. But I think the storyline just kind of took a huge step back for this X Men title, and I get like. That's what Hickman wants to do. He wants X-Men and the, uh, what's the, I can't, the New Mutants. So this is their time to shine in this book a little bit more. But I just thought, like, I don't know. I didn't enjoy the story that much. Oh, same thing for me. It's The Brood is a big part of X-Men's, X-Men lore. That I was excited to see him. Um, I did enjoy issue eight a little more, just for the fact that Everything was starting to come to a head, and we hadn't gotten to the climax. Then in 90, you hit the climax right away, and then the rest of it's just kind of sewing up what's left to do. Uh, nine was good. I thought the art was really nice. The end end game of it, though, or at least how the issue ended, I'm not sure what to take away from it. Well, I mean, it's going to be another issue on the storyline, obviously. The guy's eating the egg. Well, let me something down the, the path. I actually... so. I was going to say that uh, character-wise, they enjoy this issue. Enough people here uh, in a nice, a nice uh, array of them that it feels uh, doesn't feel boring. Uh, story-wise, I'm kind of kind of Garrett's and also in, in Alex's uh, side here. Um, I thought a lot of it was like obviously the brood's a big part of <clears throat> this book uh, so far, and the King's Egg seems like it's going to be an important part. Otherwise, it would have started with that little uh, prelude on why it was built. Um, so I do think the end is interesting to see where it goes now that he's controlling the uh, brood. Uh, we don't know for how long. And five to ten uh, brood cycles. Who knows what that means? 500 years. And um, so I did find it interesting that now the brood's on their side, basically. Now they're all controlled by him. Um, the way we get there, though, it seems like it wants to be fun but also serious. And so that kind of tonal uh, ambiguity, ambiguity uh, is very, I don't know, in it's a way kind of off-putting. Yeah. But otherwise, I like it. Like from, yeah. from the book we've been receiving, and I get it can't be the same all the way, but man, I was loving the main story in X-Men and then read these two issues and I'm like, am I reading the wrong book? Like what happened? But it, but it kind of makes sense with the other books where, you know, when Apocalypse and Professor X go to a UN meeting and having a conversation of uh, duking out with 
humans who have always been against mutants. This is just another part of their political gain is by taking out another former enemy, and now they actually have control of said enemy. Someone I think the only thing for me... ...to take on, or other other factions decide to pick a fight with the X-Men, well, here you go. You have a whole army that Brew can control. I think the only thing for me is that <clears throat> the other stories feel natural in the way they come to that con- come to a conclusion, so like it feels like he needs you to get to this plot point, but it feels like a natural story came out of that, where this really does seem like he just needs him to eat that egg. And he's like, how do I make that happen? And so all this happens just for him to eat that egg. And so it almost feels like a waste of two issues. But, I mean, I understand why the story, like you said, Alex, it, I mean, it all makes sense, but whether or not I enjoyed it or not, I don't know if it accomplished what. And not saying it's bad either. Like, it was it was good. I like the art. Art's fantastic. I like when Francis Francis use uh, style, uh, so much so I almost picked him for my Thor thing. Um, uh, and I think the characters, especially Cyclops, um, and all the history um, with Vulcan and, and Cyclops and then the King's Egg, there's enough there that's kind of Hickman-esque where he's talking about the history, bringing back old stuff, uh, making new stuff. And so there's enough there for me to be like, okay, I, I enjoy all the other stuff that I don't know where it's going yet. But for me, it really did feel like Hickman was like, he's got to eat that egg. Now, what a story to make it come around there rather than making a story and making the egg a natural part of it. Um, but, I mean, but it wasn't bad. I like the cover a lot. Covers it's uh inspired by some other cover. I can't think of what it is. I mean, I'm gonna give this an eight. I thought it was good. Uh, I didn't think it was fantastic, but it's a nice solid entry. Um, I'm not all the way with Garib saying that this feels like a different book, but I'm also not gonna say that was one of my favorite issues. So I'm gonna give it a seven. Just really wasn't in it that much. Yeah, seven's still pretty good. I'm gonna give it an eight. I did enjoy it. Um, but I, I'm holding nines and tens. I'm trying to change my way of grading, where nines and tens are just immaculate books that I couldn't live without. Yeah, this issue was okay. Eight for me was like I didn't hate my time. I didn't hate my time reading it. It was, it was good. Uh, but you know what? You know what? Actually, I'm gonna go with seven. Seven seems good. Alex talked me into seven. Um, here we go. The comics come out this week. X Men number nine, Batman Curse of the White Knight number eight, uh, Strange Adventures number one. And um, Lazarus Risen number four. Make sure you get those comic books from your local comic book shop. Support them in this time. Uh, if comic books do come out this week, as we uh, are hearing, uh, even if it's a limited capacity with just DC and Marvel, make sure to get it from your local comic book shop. Make sure to call them and see what they're offering. Rainbow Comics and Cards.com is one option. Uh, also, you live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, you can uh, call them and see locally what your options are. That's RainbowComicsAndCards.com for more information. Uh, you know, actually, this is a nice, solid show right now. Uh, I do have a game uh, for us to play, but I think it makes sense to do it next week. Or oh, next week, we got book club. Oh, we got a book club next week. Oh, that's right, baby. You know what? Let's play right now. we do it this week or two weeks from now? You know what? Two weeks from now, we're going to be short for content, so maybe we'll save for that. So, uh... Yeah. It's a nice episode we've had so far. We talked about some excellent books, some okay books. One okay book. I see what you did there. You said excellent. <laughs> hey, Lazarus Risen, Batman Curse, The White Knight, and Strange Adventures. That's a three combo. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have to read the whole thing of The White Knight uh, and Lazarus. You have to have to read Lazarus to be appreciate them, but uh, some good books came out this week. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be sad going to next week, and uh, it's going to be way different. So that's why you got to pick up some old stuff. Maybe we'll... Um, well you know what? Go ahead. I said that's that's the nice thing about not not a good thing about the pandemic that's going on, but the nice thing will be is that for the next coming shows at least, I can put together a list of older books, either old issues that we could talk about or it could be a whole thing. But I uh, I was actually really excited about thinking about future lists to make. There you go. Uh, contact them at Alex Pastrello on Twitter if you have any suggestions. Wednesday Comics six zero five at gmail dot com or six zero five. 605-215-1849. Uh, that is the phone number to leave a voicemail or anchor.fm. There's a button there that says leave a message. You can leave a message online also. So uh, make sure to go to anchor.fm to see how to subscribe to the show. Uh, there's uh, a lot of different ways during this time. Go ahead and read the ba- uh, 
The whole back catalog is on there. You can go from episode one. and eh, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> listen to this show. Uh, Alex, what episode is it I would suggest to start at? Oh, what? Maybe five or six? I think by then we at least start to hit. Lost in the Phantom Zone. That's the good issue. That's where you start. That's number three. Uh, that's when... Uh, well, you listen to the show. You see what happens. Um at Wednesday Comics on Twitter at Karat twenty one eighty eight. As aforementioned, uh, Alex is at at Alex Pastrello and on uh, at Marv underscore Saguero. Uh, once again, keep me uh, honest on that. Why the last man? I will. Uh, I will attempt. I will attempt. <laughs> uh, Gary, we have a book club as you mentioned next week. So yes. uh, this is a good opportunity with no not that many comics coming out in the next week to read this. Uh, either get pick it up at your local comic shop or you can pick it up at Hoopla has it. Uh, so you can support your local library at this time. Uh, Gary, what is it? Wednesday Comics. Proudly pres- Oh, geez, I'm messing up. Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People. Proudly presents A Study in Emerald written by uh, Neil Gaiman with art by Raphael Albuquerque. There you go. We'll talk about that uh, this upcoming next episode. Uh, so tune in for that. Leave your voicemails at the uh, 605-215-1849 or at anchor.fm. Or uh, contact us contact us on Twitter uh, with your thoughts on the uh, book. You know what, actually, uh, Garrett, Raphael Albuquerque, <clears throat> uh, a lot of people, since they're kind of uh, quarantined and finding old, they're like kind of cleaning their houses, Albuquerque found some old uh, drawings. He was supposed to do Justice League for a while. And so he has some drawings of his Justice League. And it, I thought of that and being like, wow, like, there's a lot of people around being like, what should have been, like, um... What's his name? Kyle Huggins is doing a yeah. lot of. He's cleaning the house too, and he's showing a lot of stuff. He's showing, you know, Nightwing when he used to have the blue with the new fifty two before they switched to red. Uh, we have um, God, who else was it that was going to write X Men? And so there's a lot of stuff out there right now. People being like, here's the stuff that I was, oh, uh, pitching. Um, I think Matt Fraction. No, not Matt Fraction. Somebody put like together a list of all the things they've been pitching to Marvel for like. The last year in Marvel didn't want any of it. They don't work for Marvel anymore. But <clears throat> I was reading and they had like their one page pitches. Uh, some cool ideas there. So, uh, as like Alex said, it's not a good thing, but it's a nice thing seeing all these things, kind of seeing behind the scenes and how the business works. So, uh, enjoy that. Raphael Albuquerque and Neil Gaiman uh, studying Emerald for next week's show. Uh, make sure to visit our sponsors, uh, rootsofthesswampthing.com. If you're looking to, Spend some time learning about the Avatar of the Green. That's where you'll find them. Uh, swamp Thing. Uh, roots of the swamp thing.com for your uh, all things swamp. Also, DC World Swampy on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Roots of the Swamp Thing. Uh, he did pose a question recently on social media, being asking, like, what's the one memorabilia or piece of sw- sw- uh, Swamp Thing history that you really want your hands on? So go there and go answer that question if you're into the swamp. And uh, enjoy the rest of his content. Uh, RainbowComicsAndCards.com. Like I said, RainbowComicsAndCards.com is the website uh, to get some comic books, get them mailed out to you. Uh, also, if you live in those two local areas, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, call them to see what their options are during this time to get your comic books. As at this point, as of the recording of this show, it seems like DC and Marvel are moving forward, even though it's a limited number of books. Uh for us here in this room, uh, or I guess in this virtual room, uh, not that many issues we're getting this week. I think I got like two, maybe three. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a little. It's more than we were expecting. So, uh, you know, it's a weird time. It changes their day by day. So, go ahead and support your local uh, stores, local comic shop, everything. Everybody's having a, a hard time. We're uh, in this together. So, uh, let's... Uh, be the Justice League that we need to be. Uh, and uh, Or the uh, Avengers. Not the Avengers fight a lot. Justice League. Um, <laughs> that we need to be. Uh, get together in the Hall of Justice. Six feet apart. And uh, make sure that we do our part in this all. Um, anything else you guys want to say? Yeah, I mean, same thing. We're going to keep it uh, week by week and see what uh, happens in the comic world. Because uh, I've never seen a week... Uh, Missed with comics, uh, so hopefully uh, things get back to normal soon. So otherwise, yeah, good time to catch up. Uh, start throwing me lists of things that you guys want me to put on the suggestion box for either the weekly books, and more importantly, uh, I haven't picked yet what I want to talk about for our next book club meeting, so I'm ready to eat and open for suggestions. 
Um, anybody uh, listening to the show, send us a voicemail. We'll answer your questions. Uh, any questions you have, uh, send us an email. Send us a, a, a tweet. Uh, former guest of the show. I want to throw this out to you also. Former guest of the show, if you want to uh, leave us a voicemail uh, with anything, if so how to support you during this time, uh, anything that you want us to do, let us know. We'll go ahead, anchor.fm, 605-215-1849. Uh, also, that is an avenue, and uh, we'll get the word out. So, uh, for Wednesday Comics, I've been Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone. Keep turning those pages and sanitizing your hands. <laughs>